works better when turned on. That's what I've learned. Good. We're going to read a few verses from uh, a psalm, see what uh, ancient wisdom we can find uh, there on, on the theme of uh, family life. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to read, if you haven't got a Bible, don't worry, the words will appear on the screen. I'm going to read a few verses from Psalm 127, and it starts off talking about uh, building. Uh, you will know, I'm sure, that not all house, house builders are equally good. If, you're, if you've been off sick at any time um, and turn on the television in the morning, there's always something about a rubbish house or a rogue trader or the transformation of a house. So you will, you will know this. My, my brother and sister, um, brother-in-law and sister bought a house in Cornwall, lovely new house, only to find a few years later that it was very, very slowly skateboarding down the side of a hill. And so uh, they had a national house building something or other people in and they built something like the Berlin Wall in their back garden to hold the uh, hill up and then propped the house up and then uh, did the foundations again because you, you want to build well uh, really. Um, I was reading last, last month actually in uh, a national newspaper two years after a scandal over poorly built homes tarnished Bovis Homes reputation and promoted a profit warning the saga goes on dot, 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 which is a little bit worrying because I live in one. So uh, <laughs> there we go. I'm sure it's fine. It seems to be, uh, seems to be fairly stable. But uh, you, you want to build your house well. And this psalm sort of compares building a house well and, uh, and a project to, to build uh, physical buildings with family life. So Psalm 127 says this, unless the Lord builds the house, the labors labor in vain, unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand in vain. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court." Good screaming. So, obviously, he's talking about physic, physical building. You could talk about building a community. You can apply it to building a family. Interesting, when you get to the New Testament era, era the word for house is oikos, but that's also the word used of community or, f or extended family. So, 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 families, like houses, are built that's why it sometimes feels such hard work, I suppose. That's why it seems sometimes to take so long. Families are built. And, and this verse about buildings in the context of family. And God is very interested in families. He's very interested in households. One of the great thing about, things about church is if you don't have a family, you find one. Uh, if you don't have any children of your own, you can be an honorary uncle, auntie, grandparent, uh, friends, family supporter. Uh, the Bible says, actually, he sets lonely people into families. That's one of the great things about church. Joel spoke about it this morning. People to go to, to say, well, what did you do when your child screamed all night? What did you do when you weren't quite sure what to do with your career? What? So church is like a family. But I want to talk about a few things this psalm indicates to do with our, our kind of attitude to children, because I think God wants to encourage us as we 
build family life together. And the first is this, that it says children are a reward, a heritage from God. And uh, I looked up the word and it hangs around with some very interesting other words. Children are a heritage. It doesn't mean that you, oh, well done, you've done well, I'll reward you with a child. It's, it's, it's given to you free. When you get an inheritance, it's not something you earn. It's something that just comes as a gift, isn't it? You know, we all long for that totally unknown uncle who, who suddenly drops another million pounds into your lap. Oh, I didn't know he existed, so I can't be too sorry, sorry that he's passed away, but oh, I've got an inheritance. How wonderful. But it says here, children are an inheritance. They're, they're a legacy, is another way of translating it. They're an endowment, a, a favor. They're, they're a grant given to us. One translation, which I think is a bit outrageous, even said, children are a bonanza. (laughs) Not sure about that, but anyway, if you like it, take it. What it's saying is, is it's very, very positive about children. And I, 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 you know, I've brought um, three up with my wife, and um, I know it's not always easy to see see it that way. (laughs) <laughs> Some people are laughing already. It's true, it's not, all, it's not always easy to see it that way. In fact, we sometimes, um, joke, especially at two o'clock in the morning, uh, we sometimes joke that our, our grandchildren are just our way of getting revenge. <laughs> <laughs> but it is true, children are treasures. Children are so valuable. Children are a reward, a legacy. And the, and the source of this reward, according to the Bible, is God himself. Now, of course, we, we, we know we're old enough and wise enough and clever enough to, to know there's some biology that goes into this process. I'm not talking about that, but actually, it's interesting. We know a lot more about biology and the development of embryos and babies in the womb now than when Scripture was written. It's great you get the news you're going to have a child, or in our case, a, a grandchild, and, and you get to see the pictures. Little Peanut, as he or she is affectionately called. And then you see the development, and you think, oh, wow, he's got his hands over his ears already. As John's been doing his Bible studies, and his little baby's in there going, oh, no, no more, no more. So, so not really, just joke, just mucking about. But we know so much more about how a child develops don't we than we ever did before and yet I, I, I my my bet is this that every single parent looking at that that child developing in a little black and white picture on on a scan every single one thinks that's a miracle don't they isn't that your natural instant you think wow how how, how did that happen and the truth is we we know about science but we we don't really know this is life this is changing. Oh, man, it's got, it's got eyebrows already. That's strange. Or whatever it is, just the, the development of a child in the womb is, is just miraculous. And that's because it is actually miraculous. Life comes. And the Bible says that this is a gift from God. That natural inclination to see it as a miracle is right. It's a mis- mysterious gift from God. And, and a day like today where we dedicate parents are dedicating themselves and we're blessing and on this occasion little Arlo is is a time to say thank you God this child like every other child is a gift from you every life 
The lives we desperately wanted are a gift from God. The lives that took us by surprise, they're a gift from God as well. Life is a gift from God. So children <coughs> excuse me, are a heritage, and the source of that is from God. And then, and then he changes the, the sort of picture totally. And the psalmist says, oh, by the way, children are like arrows. And you think, hang on a minute, we're, we're changing the picture here. I've heard them compared to other things in my time, little angels and little people on the other side. But they says, children, children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. And I was thinking about this, and probably at the time, a, a bow and arrow was one of the few long-range weapons that existed at that time. It was sort of slings with stones in. But an, a, an arrow in the hand of an expert could change the course of a whole battle. It could have devastating effects. And it says, when it says children are arrow, I mean, now they're made of some sort of aluminium alloy thing and churned out by the thousands on a, on a machine. But, but in their day, if you think about it, back in biblical times, thousands of years ago, an, an arrow was a handcrafted object. So when he says children are like arrows, he's talking about a process a process that took, took, took care, that took time, a process of shaping and, and making. Just think about it as a, in terms of the analogy of, of a child. You, you've got to make sure no two bits of wood are the same. Um, I'm sure if you were making arrows, as I did when I was a little kid down the wood, uh, but, uh, but I'm sure if you're making arrows, you look for a bit of wood that's as straight and as true as you can find it because that makes your task much, much easier. But no two bits of wood like any two children are the same. That's, that's one of the things that's utterly bewildering as a parent. Is to the very limited extent that you think you got number one right, number two is totally different. And then you think, well, we've done, we've done two now, so we must have cracked it. And number three, you think, well, how did that happen? So different, because every, like every stick, every child is different, but every child needs shaping, crafting. You craft this piece of wood so that it's straight and true and not warped. It's much, much like bringing children up, isn't it? The work of forming character. Now, I know they all, every child has their own personality, as Joel was telling us this morning. Every child has their own personality, but, but character is formed. It's helped by others to help. I've got to make this straight, honest, full of integrity, able to obey, willing to respond to people. That takes time and effort, disappointment, sometimes failure, starting all over again, all of those kinds of things. You've got to make this, craft this arrow straight and true. And then, and then you've got to fit feathers. I'm reliably formed that if you didn't have feathers on an arrow, the back goes to the, to the front and it just doesn't stay stable. That, that, that's a real craft, wasn't it? I mean, there used to be a profession, didn't there? Fletchers. If you've got a surname, any Fletchers in the house? No, no Fletchers. But if you're a Fletcher, then somewhere down your ancestry, there'd be someone that made arrows. It was a real skill. And parenthood is like that, isn't it? Trying to form this child so that they are able to be stable, confident, and forward-looking. Whether that's practical tasks or morally, or even spiritually, able to, to go in a direction, to stay stable and straight and true. 
And then children are like arrows in another way. They, they need protecting. And that's why it says, blessed is the person or the family that's got a quiver full of them. Now, you know, I don't know how, many, you know how big your quiver is, how many kids you're supposed to have. It's, that's your business, not mine. But what he's saying is, it, it's a great blessing to have, to have children. It's not something that, it's a gift, it's not right, but it's a great blessing. And it talks also of protection. That's why you put um, handmade arrows in a quiver, is to protect them until the right time. And we all know our, our kids need protecting, don't we? I'm, I'm pretty sure every generation has thought, oh, things are much more difficult than in my time. I, th- I think that's probably been a constant since Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden. But, but it seems like that, doesn't it? Children, oh, you know, they need protecting. There's so much, so much more stuff that's accessible at the click of a button on a phone. So much more pressure upon them in a society that's sort of getting more and more post-Christian lost a lot of the things that automatically seemed right and wrong even when I was a kid. So you think, I want to protect my kids. Well, that's, that's a good thing. There's a, there's a quiver for, to put our children in. speaks of protecting our children. So, sometimes it's easy to lose confidence in that, but don't. No, it's right to protect your kids. Of course, we We'll have different opinions on exactly how much screen time they should get or how much freedom they should get or at what age they do this or that or the other. We can talk to each other we can, and we'll make mistakes. That's all fine, but it is the parent's responsibility to protect their child. But, but the other thing about arrows in a quiver is they're made to be released. So there are some that you think, oh, you're not, protect your children, please protect your children. There are others that think, you can let them go now. <laughs> that's, that's a hard thing about being a parent, isn't it? It's a hard thing. That's why we pray for one another. But we can't keep our kids permanently in a quiver. That's, that's not the destiny of an arrow. Is it? That's not what, that's not what they're, they're for. They're, they're made as young adults. And they, they get to a certain age, whatever age you think that is, and, and they need a bit more freedom. You've got to start trying things out because in the end, they're made for releasing. And that's an important thing too. Arlo's quite a few years off that, obviously. But there comes a time to let them go. Because the whole purpose is for them to make an impact in the world for good and for God. That's, that's, why, that's why they were given to us in the first place. They were granted to us for a time to form, to shape, to protect, and then to release. And all of this, of course, this process that I spent a bit of time talking about, well, it does take time, doesn't it? It's a great assignment. It's a huge responsibility and a wonderful privilege. <coughs> and the thing I hear parents say the most is this. It's such hard work. <laughs> Ever felt that? Any parent not felt that? No, no takers. It can be, at times, such hard work. So well done, for your patient shaping. Well, well done for your careful fitting of, of, of flights to make your child stable. Well done if you're protecting your child. Well done if you're releasing them into the world. Because it takes patience, application, dedication, determination, and other Asians. School can be a great help, of course. Grateful for that. Church family can be a great help and a a support, but the ultimate responsibility 
is parents. That's why we pray for each other. That's why we try to help one another. It all takes time. And the last point is this. <coughs> they grow up, which is another way of saying you're getting old. But there, they grow up. They grow up. Children grow up. And it, it, this psalm finishes off by saying that they're able to contend in the court. What's that about? Well, it's, it's, the court was in the gate. The old versions of this psalm say they're able to contend in the gate. And the gate was where the people of authority hung around, the town council, if you like. The elders of the particular village used to hang there, and, and they would take issues there. And they would resolve disputes there. They would make up the rules there. And, and the psalmist is like picturing forwards these children that are a gift from God, they're all little and sweet, and the parents then working for year on year to shape them like arrows. Now they've released them, they've let them go, and now these, these kids are able to now stand in the gateway and stand up to pressure. Why? Because you prepared them for it. They're able to take responsibility. Why? Because you taught them to take responsibility. They're able even to support us in our old age. Because they've got a vision and a model for family life. So it's a great picture. It's a great picture. And then, of course, the cycle starts all over again. It's a great picture, isn't it? Now, Arla's a little small for resolving Joel's disputes at the moment and Hannah's disputes. Of course they are. But isn't that a great vision for family life? It's not, oh, it takes us beyond the awfulness of projectile vomiting. Or whatever your whatever the or teething and sleepless nights. It's a much bigger picture of hey, we're doing all these things, and and they're a little bit noisy and it's messy and and all the rest of it. Look, don't worry about the state of your house too much because my experience is this: you just about get say goodbye and wave goodbye to the last one and think your house can be neat, and then the grandchildren come along. So don't worry too much. <laughs> What's the so what from all of this? Well, I've just got three, three practical things. Is, uh, the first is this. Why not involve God in your family life? He's a great builder and architect for family life. He wants to be involved. He says, hey, you're just working really hard and it could all be for nothing. Why don't you involve the great architect in building your household? Just a suggestion, but I think it's a good one. So, second thing is this. It may not feel like it, but they really are little treasures. It may not. It often doesn't feel like it, but they genuinely are the most valuable thing. If you've been given a child to care for, to grow up, to shape and release, that's the most valuable gift you've been given. So let's be grateful, despite the fact that it's very hard work. And the third thing is this, keep going. Just keep going. Keep protecting Keep crafting, don't give up. Look to the future, to a time where they'll be able to take responsibility, to stand up to pressure, and even to help you when you're a little older as well. Let's pray for our families, shall we? Let's join together, bow our heads in prayer.